You are tuning in to the Milk Carton Series. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today we discuss the disappearance of 14-year-old Ingrid Brower. Fourteen-year-old Ingrid Brower went missing from Kleinsburg, Ohio, Canada on August 16, 1972. She was just 14 years old and was last seen wearing a tan sweater with red apples on it and a pair of brown bell-bottom slacks. At the time of her disappearance, she was a slender built, standing at 5 feet 6 inches, and she weighed around 100 pounds. She has long, straight, dark blonde hair to dark brown hair, and her eyes are brown. She is listed as a light complexion. Now, guys, her case is truly sad because although it happened back in 1972, I personally believe, like all missing person cases, every family deserves to know what exactly happened. Ingrid was born on February 17, 1958. Her parents were named Oscar and Giselle Brower. She did, in fact, have two brothers by the name of Kevin and Brent, in which they lived in a small Ontario village of Kleinberg. Now, their father, he was a German immigrant. He was a purchasing manager for a Kodiak Canada company, and the family were known to be very knit tight. Many who knew Ingrid stated that she was very mature for her age. She got good grades. She didn't intertwine with alcohol or smoking. She just truly was an all-around girl. And in her free time, she just loved to model and hang out with her boyfriend, who was also 14 years of age. Her boyfriend by the name of Larry Temple lived about 4.7 miles away from her, so the pair would often visit one another. Now, given where Kleinberg is, this is more of a royal area, and I have never been to Canada, so I don't really know, but when I do watch shows, I'm like, oh, okay, that looks really nice, but they were not near Toronto, which had a lot of public transportation, so Ingrid often found herself hitchhiking in order to visit Larry in this time, and now I don't know what the family was like far as her hitchhiking because again, this is back in the 1970s. So time is very different than what we would do right now. Like there's no way in hell I would hitchhike. You know what I mean? Like we have updated systems like Uber, even though those aren't safe either, but you know what I mean? Like we have more mobility to get around. Now, On the late evening, Ingrid had asked her father if she could surprise Larry by visiting at his home. This was like around 9.30 p.m. She left home in her bare feet to catch a ride with the passing motorist. Now, this would be the first time she would be hitchhiking at night, and she had no money and any of the belongings were with her. Like, when I read that, I was like, wait, what? You, You let your daughter, like leave at 9.30 p.m. at night, a 14-year-old? Like, oh, hell no. But pretty much, she planned to be home by 10.30 p.m. Not long after Ingrid had left, Brent went out to grab some milk and a pack of cigarettes. He recalled seeing his sister during this outing. At 9.45 p.m., a witness remembered seeing her walking south on the west side of Islington Avenue. This was approximately 300 yards from her home, and this would be the last time she would be seen as she never arrived at her destination. 
So after Ingrid left the home, her friend calls and her friend asks, you know, hey, can I speak to Ingrid? Her father basically says, oh, Ingrid's not here. She went to Larry's house. She calls Larry's home. Larry's like, hey, Ingrid never showed up. So concerned, he phones the, he phones her father. Father picks up and this is where he's like, uh-uh, something is off because she would show up. Like this is not like Ingrid to just not show up or not to call if something had happened. So he and Brent drives down the road between Kleinberg and Woodbridge towards Larry's home. And Larry, he decides he was going to get on his bike and go to the Browers residence. Nonetheless, this is when Oscar decides he wants to notify the authorities that his daughter was, in fact, missing. So this is where the family begins to search for Ingrid. So they begin to phone her friends and they check her normal routines. They also check ditches because there's also a possibility that maybe someone had hit her, you know, as a hit and run, but nothing truly turned up. So at 1228 p.m. on August 17th, the local authorities listed her as a missing on the Providence-wide Telenex network, which broadcasted her description on police radio every hour for three weeks. And then they also decided to search throughout the night. There was about 200 volunteers who helped go through an area of 20 square miles surrounding the Brower home. And police officers widened the search. They even went through the Hamper River for about eight kilometers. They had scuba divers search through a 40-foot gravel pit and other water-filled quarries. They truly went all out to try to find where Ingrid was. And what's crazy is when asked that night, about Ingrid's disappearance. Numerous Kleinberg residents recalled hearing a young person cry out in the area of Islington Avenue and Sevilla Drive. This was approximately around 10 p.m. on the night in question. And Ingrid had left her home around 9.30 p.m., so it could have possibly been her. They also reported seeing a pickup truck of an unknown make or color in the area. However, a search of the location turned up no evidence to this. Now, I would be like so scared because living in this time frame because one, they don't have like, you know, mobility things like there's not buses that come out in this royal area. Like I would be so scared. But I guess when you live in these small towns, it's truly not a problem when it comes to you traveling back and forth. And the police department, they truly wanted to solve this case. The York Regional Police set up five-person detective squads, which interviewed over hundreds of witnesses, including prisoners who had been previously involved in abductions, along with sending out like 15,000 missing person posters. They also traveled across Ontario as well as Montreal to follow up on any possible Leads Like they truly tried to find Ingrid and Oscar, the company he worked for in the regional, the York Regional Police Department set up a thousand dollars for a reward fund. A billboard was also set up as well, along with, you know, numerous volunteers, you know, to help assist, you know, and at no cost, like they truly cared about this girl and her her reward money even went up to about $3,000 and numerous tips did come in. 
And with Oscar processing this and going through the phone calls, it had become a lot. Unfortunately, none of these tips ever led to Ingrid's location. And there were numerous appeals made to viewers and listeners on TV and radio for information regarding her case. And as a result, her disappearance became one of the most publicized to the point that this like beat Ontario's history, which is like crazy, right? Back in, especially back in that time frame. So in 1973, a body was discovered in the Houghton region. While some believed it to be Ingrid, dental records proved otherwise. There has also been reports of sightings across Canada and the United States. One said she was seen walking along the side of the road near Lindsay, headed towards Pembroke with the guitar and a boy around the age of 18 years old, while others cited her hitchhiking in Cerebral, driving in a blue Thunderbird and working as a waitress in Vancouver. The most concerning to Oscar was a report that his daughter was being held in New York apartment, but this, along with other reported sightings of her, turned out to be false. And I can only imagine as a father and mother trying to find my child and all these false you know, reports come in and you're truly just trying to find your kid. Like, I don't know why some people feel like they have to make up stuff, but some people truly do that. And what's so sad, of course, because time, I mean, we're in 2020, Ingrid's father, Oscar, had died. But before he died, Ingrid was declared legally dead. And, you know, although they don't have a physical body, you know, I think after a certain amount of time frame, you can legally get your child to be, you know, deceased. And it's truly sad that this family even had to resort to that because, you know, it's not like you want to give up and you don't want to feel like you're giving up looking for your child. But it's like that reality sets in because you don't want to go down this path of darkness in which you probably already have done. I can't, you know, I can only imagine one and how they feel in this situation to not know where their teenage daughter is. And that's what is truly baffling in this all. And me personally, I just don't know. Like, I just feel like because she left at such a late time and hitchhiking, that put her at danger. And, you know, I'm, of course, I'm not born in that time frame. So I don't know how close the community was, you know, if they trusted one another. But of course, back in that time frame, you do have neighbors where you look out for one another. It's not like now. I just literally asked this question today on my social media. I don't want to get off track, but I do want to leave this with you. Do you watch your neighbor's routine? Like, do you literally watch what time they go to work, what time they come in? And I asked that because a story that I want to share with you guys will discuss basically being that center point for your friends and family. And this is what made me think about in this case of Ingrid, like, I wonder if neighbors had seen anything because so often we see things, but, you know, it's that snitching thing and it's not, you know, just not truly wanting to get involved because I know growing up, you know, we were told not to get involved to mind our business when things don't, you know, relate to you. But now because of the power that I'm in, in the position that I am, I don't believe in that because this could be my kid. 
This could be my family member if I don't speak up. And I will for all and that's what brings me to the front line of it all, you know, because I will want someone to do that for my babies or my loved ones. So it's truly sad, you know, there was five suspects, however, they were all interviewed and their alibis were confirmed. So they had no involvement in the disappearance of Ingrid. Now there are some theories out there, and I do want to shout out the unsolved stories. They have truly come through for all the stories you know, that I can share with you guys. Like they are like A1. So definitely go check them out. I don't want them to think that I'm just taking their material, but I really love going to their sites because it's so organized and I can look at their articles and do my own research on top of it. But anyways, there are some theories out there. The Brower family believes Ingrid is dead and they suspect a man later found guilty of raping an eight-year-old girl and attacking an 18-year-old woman to be responsible for her disappearance. Larry believes the crime wasn't random as he doubts a random act of violence could be concealed for this long. Now, I won't say that that is true, but because given the time frame, but I will say you never know what someone will do. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. You just never know. And I think with the family, they were living in this world where they you know, they're just living their life. You know, you don't think harm is going to happen. Not to your children. You don't think that, you know. And the next theory is that Ingrid was picked up by someone who, while hitchhiking to Larry's house and was killed. However, given the lack of evidence or a body, there's little to prove if this occurred. Now, I be- believe I'm going to go with this theory because I haven't seen any um, evidence far as this individual who killed the eight-year-old girl to relate to Ingrid. I do believe that by hitchhiking, it puts yourself in danger. I don't care what time frame you're in. I do believe that someone's seen this girl. They've seen how beautiful she was, and they decided to do a malicious act. I do believe that. And it's so sad because all this girl was trying to do was go to her boyfriend's house and surprise him. It's so sad because it makes you think that one moment can change your freaking life, man. And, I, and now I understand why my parents, well, my dad and my grandmother were so strict, you know, especially about nighttime. But Brent has said that his father, Oscar, before he passed away, blamed himself for the disappearance of Ingrid. And it's so sad that he had to live with that guilt because it wasn't his fault. He didn't take Ingrid away from his family. You know, like, you know, I think as a father, even a parent in general, you want to protect your children. But Again, we live in an, in a world where, you know, we just have people who just don't care to take life or they don't care to harm people's families. So I pray that he was able to get some type of, you know, like, what's the word I'm looking for? He was able to overcome that guilt because it was not his fault at all whatsoever. Not at all. But that is the story of Ingrid Brower. She is still missing. There has not been any new information to turn up in her case. And she has been missing since August 16th, 1972. And she was just 14 years old at the time of her disappearance. Oh my God, so sad. Like all the other stories. These stories truly live through me because they're so heartbreaking. And I think about them all the time. But guys, until the next episode, I'll see you. And let me know. Any stories that you would like me to share, you can always email me or you can comment under a YouTube video. I know we can't do that on podcasts, but 
yeah, I'd love to hear your guys' feedback as I continue to make this a truly great podcast. So guys, until the next episode, I'll see you stay safe out here in this COVID world. Stay safe, y'all. And also stay safe from the, the ridiculousness. <laughs> what a, I can't even get the word right. Please stay safe from those individuals out here who want to do harm. Like always be aware of your surroundings and just be prevailing in what you're trying to do, pretty much. <laughs> so until the next episode, guys, I'll see you. Bye-bye.